0: And Welcome to episode 204 of the Waters Wave Then Podcast. I'm your host, Wei Shen, and as usual, I have my co-host here with me. Hey, Tony, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you very much. Can't complain.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, this week we have a guest for you, and uh, it's NASDAQ's head of cloud strategy, Nicolai Labelestier. Um, yes. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about how you screwed up his last name?
1: <laughs> oh God, it was brutal. Like, like it. It's. I, I. just. I'm just terrible with names. But in my defense, so my last name, I pronounce it. Usually, I'll pronounce it Malakian, um, but that's how my my family literally pronounces it a bunch of different ways. Like the proper like Armenian way sounds something closer to like Malakian, uh, but uh, my mom. Pronounced the, the way the name was always pronounced in my family was Malachian. Um, my dad literally went to a bar one day in this is like 19 late 80s early 90s at a bar. He's asking everybody, What do you like better, uh, Malachian or Malachian? And the people at the bar said Malachian. My dad comes home, tells my mom, Mary, I'm going, my last name's now uh, Malachian. My mom's like, <laughs> you. Right. <laughs> I married a Malachian. I'm not, you know, you, I was originally a Bonanno and I took your last name. I'm, I'm not changing my name again. So just deal with it. So you literally have different factions in my family I pronounced last name differently. That's my excuse for butchering Nikolai's last name, but Nikolai was awesome. He was, uh, it was a really, really good conversation about, uh, cloud technology, especially, how exchanges are looking to use cloud technology, and we we touched on a range of topics. Um, and I thought he was really good, really honest and open about it. It's like there are some things like yeah, right now it's not gonna be it, but um, so yeah, uh, it was a good conversation.
0: Yeah, I particularly like uh, the part where you you know, for all the investment that exchanges have made in colocation infrastructure, you know why why are they now pushing so hard into the cloud? Yeah. You know um, that that part was—I I thought, uh, to me anyway—was really interesting. Um, but we won't give too much away.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's a and yeah, because I really liked the the conversation we had about um, you know the streaming of exchange market data in the cloud and the latency problems mm-hmm. there and how are you going to really overcome that and everything like that. And so yeah, it was it was a lot of good insight. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, I um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what uh, you've been working on? So you're posting a new, um, I guess, a new type of article, <laughs> um, like a roundup, more more like. it will eventually flavor. become.
1: Sure, it will eventually become a newsletter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you see it already in the industry, right? You know, there are um, there are a lot of different outlets that put together kind of a weekly wrap up of stories or things that happened in the industry that, you know, just kind of one one stop shop for everything. Um and you know, I feel like for our audience, um you know, we we put up anywhere from you know, anywhere from about 12 to 18 stories in a given week and you can't expect you know, everybody to read every single story and know what's going on. So every Sunday, I'm going to post, um, and it's going to be free, open for all to read. Uh, just about here are three, four stories that we wrote. Um, and basically, I take the wide angle view because a news story, you're just reporting, here's everything that we know about the news. This will allow me to kind of get a little bit more into kind of some of the rumors I'm hearing, a little bit more into kind of some of the where I kinda see the industry going off of this announcement and maybe connect, all right, this company's releasing this product, you know, HPR goes in releasing this new uh, market data feed, how it connects to some of the other uh, moves that we've seen in the industry as well. Um, But I'm open to feedback. Um, If you guys feel that there's something lacking in the market that I can turn this into and make it better, I wanna hear from you. Um, And in the future, I'm gonna also include stories from outside our publication Um, You know, just because I also want to highlight some of the good stuff that and just the world of technology that I'm reading um, that maybe either we didn't have time to get to in financial technology or just some of the more interesting stuff that I'm reading on MIT Technology Review or Wired or PopSci or something like that. So uh, I'll be out on Sundays. It's free to read. Um, Eventually, I'll probably get turned in some sort of a newsletter of some sort, but, you know, baby steps, I guess.
0: Yeah, and we'll link to that here too so two thousand words
1: two thousand words man of genius of just (laughs) magnificent prose and a few curse
0: words (laughs) (laughs) there weren't that many curse words not many curse words at all yeah i think it was uh uh, okay for me (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: a pg-13 it's fine
0: Okay, well, um, that's it for this week and uh, hope you guys enjoy the conversation that Tony has with Nikolai and until next week.
1: See you you next week. Bye-bye. All right, and now I'm joined by Nikolai by Lestier. <laughs> How was that? Was that close, Nikolai? Better. That was, that. that was much better. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get through it. I apologize. I apologize. As I was telling you beforehand, there was a high likelihood I was going to mess up the last name, but I was like, as a guy with the last name Malachian, who the, his own family doesn't even pronounce his last name correctly, uh, I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> But thanks so much uh, for joining us today. Uh, we're gonna have a conversation about um, cloud computing, cloud adoption in the industry. You know, we've had um, a lot of people on that have talked about cloud, either end users uh, and how they're using cloud vendors, how they're deploying their solution to the cloud or legacy vendors um, that were, you know, had to kind of move over their monolithic systems into the cloud and just startups that start in the cloud. Um, Recently, in Forbes, uh, there was an op-ed published by two of your colleagues, uh, Lars Andersgard and Brad Peterson, um, looking at this um, topic. And I'll just I'm just going to do a quick little takeout, and then you can kind of talk me through how you see it. But um, so this is from uh, the op-ed, but. Shifting on premises operations to cloud will allow us to leverage evolving industry trends, launch new offerings quickly, improve service, as well as manage costs, risks, and unexpected uh, volume spikes that continue. There are still uh, hurdles around determinism, latency, and fairness before equities transactions can be matched in the cloud, but these problems are solvable. And it goes on to conclude that the time has come to concentrate on building the critical market infrastructure in the cloud. So, Maybe to start off with, we can get into the reasons why, and we're going to certainly get into the reasons why for this and where the hurdles still are. But when it comes to exchange technology and being in the cloud, where are we today and what's that future state?
2: Uh, sure is that thanks Tony yeah so today um, I mean you'll see that the cloud uh, the big cloud providers certainly are targeting uh scaled workloads so mostly stateless or what what we've re- referred to as 12 factor apps uh, and traditionally transaction processing systems like the the core matching engine uh, haven't been well suited to that paradigm certainly not at the you know at the scale of latency performance and and fairness the other things that were listed in the article uh, as far as they go so, um, you know that's been a hurdle. That's not to say that there haven't been matching engines deployed to the cloud, because there have been, but it's been in, in areas where uh, those attributes have been less uh, critical to that to that workload. So um, certainly today we see a lot when we have a lot of deployments in the cloud uh, to, to take advantage of, uh, you know, the the uh, hyperscalers' investment, their proximity, their geography, their their reach, and, and to simplify operations. Uh, But uh, it doesn't solve, you know, the the hard case or hasn't solved the hard case uh, for the most demanding markets, such as, uh, you know, the markets that we operate uh, here in the U.S. uh, today. So, um, you know, looking forward, though, you know, the the uh, certainly the big three um, players that we work with, uh, they see, you know, a, a lot more adoption in FSI and a lot of value there to unlock. And and a lot of that value is based on some of the unique characteristics of the financial services industry. And those, you know, range from, you know, whether they're regulatory or technically technology related, um, you know, I'll, I'll to talk uh, honed in on, you know, specifically the points that uh, were raised in the op-ed, the latency profile has been one of the one of the big hurdles uh, and the determinism that goes with it. So as you probably know, when you run a workload in the cloud, uh, you can expect to get human uh, response times, human acceptable interaction. In fact, that's most of what's, uh, you know, the paradigm is based around. But when you get to machine to machine interaction sub uh, millisecond, uh, that's that's not really a paradigm that's been well suited to cloud and and the, the um jitter or determinism in that profile again has not been uh you know to the level we see it today in the on-premise data centers mm-hmm.
1: so and and for, just uh for clarity when you talk about the big three that you're working with uh because i know you guys uh, work with aws you also have kind of a multi-cloud strategy along with a uh, google cloud platform and microsoft azure
2: yeah absolutely thank you yes we we are, are a multi-cloud organization uh you know we there's a variety of reasons for that um, uh, but it includes the fact that um, you know customer we want to be where customers are and we want to take advantage of of each provider's unique capabilities to provide better products uh, to the marketplace um now for the for the exchanges I, I think what you'll see is uh you'll have uh, winners in particular geographies or areas or specialization to, the, to tailor for our use cases. So if we take the, the, uh, the latency uh, example, you know, it does require some specific engineering to get to a latency and performance profile that we need for uh, you know, the largest markets in the world. And uh, you'll see investment, uh, I expect, from the cloud vendors, uh, along with exchanges such as ourselves, to make that a reality in certain at least within certain geographies. And that picture may vary you know depending on where you are in the globe and what which uh, uh, which
1: vendor has a stronger uh, footprint in that in that locale. Just uh, just to t- touch on something you said before we move on. The geographies piece of it is does that come down to um, regulatory hurdles that have to be overcome? or is that more about infrastructure, kind of country to country, region to region changes?
2: Uh, It's a bit of both, but I I think the big thing is, of course, the regulatory aspect. So whether it's data sovereignty laws, uh, you know, that may come into play, uh, you know, about keeping the data within a specific region. I mean, that's a common theme that you see with regulators and FSI that we have to be cognizant of. Um, uh, But it's also, you know, it, it, in many regions, there are multiple cloud providers in that region that could satisfy that requirement. So then it comes down to uh, their capability vis-a-vis this workload, uh, you know, and that's what something we're working with. And as you know, we have MIOs uh, around the globe that run our uh, run our software today. Uh, and, and so we are, you know, the work that we're doing today with the, the vendors, I think will help them as well as they take this journey themselves uh, in the future. Um, but again, some of that's going to be customer preference as well, uh, you know, for, for a, a vendor that they're familiar with and, and have uh, done the due diligence uh, around uh, with their regulator or other stakeholders.
1: Sure. And so, and before then, we go into kind of some of the challenges still exist, but the reasons for going down this path. Can maybe for those that aren't as initiated or aren't fully understanding um, when it comes to NASDAQ's uh, cloud data services uh, unit? Just a little bit about what that is, what currently is, you know, what what the focus is right now, and maybe what that future state may be. Sure. So I think that that's a a really good uh,
2: lead into where we think see things going. So the Nasdaq Cloud Data Service, I think, follows that theme of uh, of of meeting customers where they are and bringing to, to them uh, easier access, lower you know lower the barriers of entry taking advantage of that uh, software-defined infrastructure to allow them to be more agile and, and meet, you know, for example, we see a lot of, uh, you know, I would say startups, but, are, you know, recent entries in financial services are very interested in consuming services in the cloud because that's where they natively are. Yeah. Um, so, so, so the cloud data service really takes, is a great example of us taking that step to, you know, take our our core data, our real-time data in this case, um, to, to the cloud to where our customers want to consume it and take advantage of the, you know, inherent capabilities of the cloud to scale in terms of data storage and data volumes uh, to to satisfy the ever-growing demands and do so at a, a, a re, you know, at a, a good price uh, without the capital investment
1: uh, that, that you traditionally need to make. Can you walk me then? Okay, so then let's t- t- take a step back then to what we were talking about in the beginning. Walk me through just a little bit. So, as I understand what you're saying, kind of one of the problems with, um, I guess, with the streaming exchange market data um, in the cloud is latency. In um, that, or more specifically, that latency isn't deterministic. So you can have like the speed isn't low latency. And in addition to that. Um, it, it can vary so messages could theoretically i guess uh uh arrive at at different times right um so that that's kind of the the issue that exists there right now with um the stream of market data in the exchange do, do, did i kind of get that correct or <laughs> in my yeah. in you my know, non-articulate way <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I can i
2: can expand on it but yeah you you thematically you got it right i think that the challenges there are right so so things like nasdaq cloud data service are are not going to Tackle the you know high-frequency trader use case because of the latency. You know that, that that they you know they they spend a lot of money to be you know as close as they can to the matching engine where they're they're concerned about microseconds. But there's a large section, of course, of the uh, of the uh, industry that. Um, is not at, to that level of of attention or, or need for uh, latency, and so consuming things in the cloud uh, is 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 feasible for them. And in this case, you know, we're we're talking uh, in the in the millisecond range, um, but there's that's a, a a large group of customers that we believe will uh, you know grow the addressable market through these new offerings for for our, our market data products. Um, now, when you talk about the latency, yeah. If you think about the latency profile of, you know, back to the, the r- original point, I mean, on on-prem, we're we're talking in in microseconds, uh, you know, somewhere depending on the market, you know, somewhere between 20 and and 60 microseconds, right, within the colo, what we call the colo space. Now, when you when you need to move that data outside of the the colo space to another uh, uh, point of presence or a cloud data center, you've got the Inherent speed of light, right, which normally adds uh, milliseconds to the to the profile. And then, you know, to your to your other point about the the jitter. Well, w- one of the things that that uh, a lot of participants are concerned about is knowing if they place an order that the order will get to the exchange and be uh, act as I say acknowledged uh, within a certain amount of time, with uh, a relatively constrained uh, set of outliers on it. And it's it, we do have, of course, the ordering question is an important one, but we have protocols in place to ensure. That even if there is unpredictable latency, those things will arrive in the same order they were sent. So that's a problem that we solve, uh, you know, with layered layered software uh, at the exchange side, and and that that holds through in our in our cloud data services as well.
1: For all the investment that's been made in a co-located infrastructure, why then this push toward the cloud? You know, obviously, uh, as as the article had mentioned, that uh, it, it's not suitable to um, high volumes of data running analytics, but it would seem to me, but maybe I'm wrong that that gets solved pretty okay right now with just having separate systems that tie into a trading system. Um, so you can patchwork that out. I would guess at the cost to be able to kind of go down this path and kind of work out and iron all that out, it's gotta be um, uh, significant when you already have built this impressive uh, Colo infrastructure. So why the, the why the pushover? I guess.
2: Yeah. So so certainly we're you know looking forward uh, with this. You know we we uh, we're we're not suggesting that the markets are going to move you know tomorrow or, or you know in six months, but we see this as a you know a, an important part of staying at the forefront of technology change and adoption and and to create more efficiency and agility for our customers. So uh, one thing that I'll, I'll I'll just use to highlight right is that. Um, you know, for a for a exchange customer, whether you're a, an HFT or through a retail brokerage, to get access to the exchange, in a in a uh, in a traditional data center, there's physical uh, you know connections that need to be made. So somebody needs to add a data center, go in, and plug in a cable to the server that's connected to the exchange to provision, and you know, in in addition to a whole host of other 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 things that need to happen, and that adds time, right? And and today. Time is—it's always been money, but it's becoming increasingly, um, you know, important to to uh, be be flexible, be adaptive, be responsive to changing conditions, and you know that that is, a, is an example. Maybe end to end, it, it may take uh, you know several several different people with different responsibilities through the life cycle to get access to the exchange. And when you think about cloud infrastructure, and it's defined uh, you know with code. Uh, that becomes just something, you know, someone can self-service, you know, in theory, they can go and sign up and, you know, within seconds or minutes, uh, assuming they have all the legal uh, obligations in place, they could be connected and, and trading. Um, and so that level of flexibility and and, and, and cost control, efficiency, and, and, and uh, availability to the customers to expand it, I think, is really what, what drives a lot of this as we see it.
1: Okay. And then so is... Is it then fair to say that maybe some of the early steps that are being made there, so um, looking at what you guys are doing with uh, ATG, the Swedish gaming operator, uh, running uh, pool betting using NASDAQ's longitude in the cloud, and uh, the other one that was mentioned was um, uh, football index using cloud-deployed uh, matching technology from from NASDAQ. Are those kind of the first steps, the kind of the proving grounds in some way, if you will, to kind of see how it is, and then that ca- will eventually be, what helps get the actual trading environment into the cloud?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think those are natural first steps, right? We we uh, we we always we uh, we've been running our, our technology in, in cloud in various stages, uh, you know, for quite some time. Those customers are great examples of early production adopters, um, and uh, you know, I think there's there's a variety of things at play there. But if if you uh, look at football index. I mean, their delivery mechanism to their customer is all web-based, so it's a natural fit for cloud. So, to them, to go somewhere else with their matching their backend would be, you know, unnatural, right? Because they're by nature a, a cloud, a cloud company. I think it's very similar for, for things like uh, for ATG and, and others in this space, and and they don't have a you know, they, first of all, they don't have a pre-existing uh, colo or physical data center infrastructure to deal with. Um, and I, I don't think anybody in their right mind today would go and say, "I'm going to go build a new data center because you know I'm, I'm going to start up a new system or a new market." Uh, it's only because of you know the, the the way in which we've evolved to get here. And you know, if you think about the history of of markets, um, you know, when we started, it was started as just people meeting on a corner and turned into like a, the the boys' club of of people, uh, you know, getting together to trade different uh, commodities or assets and and when when all of those went electronic i think that was a you know major change that, uh, there was you know a lot of pushback and i mean you still see pockets of floor trading around you know in different places today that that uh, continue to hold on although it becomes increasingly untenable and now you know that that transition does really to this focus on speed and and building up data centers tailored for that but now you've got these uh, hyperscale uh, cloud providers at play, where their level of investment into the infrastructure it just far outstrips, uh, you know, any single entity like, you know, or, or an exchange, their ability to invest and keep pace with the infrastructure technology. And so now, I, th- I think what what I would say is that we're on the cusp of this next shift here, where we go. It's still going to be electronic, of course, but we're going to again change the the way in which those the the, the ex- customer experience of the exchange is gonna be delivered and and, uh, and monetized by, by par-
1: participants. Okay. So, and then just, uh, cause I know you, you kind of hit on all this, but just before we kind of go to the next piece. So if you were saying, all right, here's the exchange technology that's not quite yet ready for the cloud, but I do believe within the next five years, let's say three, five years, I don't know what you think the, the proper timeframe is. What are the ones right now that aren't there? but that you think will be there in the next couple of years?
2: Um, so yeah, so so multicast uh, is a uh, technology that's commonly used within exchanges and market data distribution to uh, provide a single publisher and many recipients uh, tr- and one way to achieve equal uh, reception. We use that extensively as, as a number of other providers do. That's not something you can do today in the cloud, mm-hmm. um, not not at the scale that we need. So as an example, um, we do see that that uh, you know, will be available. You know, we've been working with uh, our, our partners on, on making that technology available for our needs, and I do believe that'll be available, you know, certainly within, uh, you know, the next year, uh, approximately, and uh, in, in at least within select regions. Um, and I would also say there's a thing about, the other key enabler here is proximity. So one of the things that creates that determinism that we talked about earlier is knowing that the the, the server your workload is deployed on is going to be or is consistently placed with regard to the server or servers the matching engine is running on. So there's a set distance to travel between them. Uh, So controlling that proximity of workload placement and the important thing you see today uh, many of the vendors are offering such a service. It's uh, either either um, in preview or, or, shortly, will be generally available, so that so that people like us can control uh, more um, more uh, uh, specifically where these workloads are running uh, with relation to other workloads. Um, there, there's other things, of course. It's like you know we spend a lot of effort tuning uh, the the machines that we run for. Uh, the low latency path, so things like um, uh, tuning uh, network cards to uh, pole rather than be interrupt driven and, and um, spin CPU, uh, those, those kind of techniques, again, are not something that are typically in the cloud, but we, uh, you know, we are working with the vendors actively on, on getting to that point. And again, I, I believe you'll see that become available uh, you know, in the near, in the near future with months, uh, maybe a year at the outside. Um, so all these things are coming together. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, FSI is conservative and a lot of this has to be, um, you know, first of all available and second of all, matured and proven, you know, by us and, and, you sure. know, to our regulators and others. Uh, so, you know, I think that whole process is, is, um, you know, not simple and straightforward, but certainly, you know, think if you ask this question in a year's time, it'll be much, much more clear that this is happening and and we're on this path uh, than it is today.
1: Okay. And and so I guess that that leads me to, because it would seem to me that the other big question for exchanges just around the globe um, and cloud, as it pertains to cloud, is just how far will you go? You know, do you become uh, a leader and push ahead um, putting as much in the cloud as you can um, or do you migrate uh, certain business lines slowly you know such you know such as data first um, uh, your cloud information services kind of comes to mind there and then see what naturally flows um, and then there will be other exchanges that will simply look to hang on to their infrastructure that they have on-premise in-house as it is so for you how far can will you go um, you know, what's that kind of that that process for push ahead? Do you want to be the leader? Do you want to kind of just do it slowly? Obviously, you're not in that third group of lagging behind.
2: Yeah, great question. So um, I think things like the NASDAQ Cloud Data Service are the, the the tip of that sphere, if you like. They're how we're leading that push. And this journey, you know, has to be done in conjunction with our customers. Um, and, and so that's an important... Step to you know show uh, the ability of us to deliver technology and to do so you know in the reliability, redundancy, and with the performance profile that our customers expect uh, as we work through you know the bringing the core transaction systems uh, to the cloud. So I, I would say that we are um, we're certainly. Uh, being a leader here, acting as a leader to take us there, it is something though that we need to do with our customers. We certainly can't do this without our customers being um, part of this with us, yeah. and uh, our you know our our experience at go forward plan is certainly you know involve them heavily, uh, and um, you know using things uh, like the cloud data service and and marketplace platform will. Will uh, allow the customers to experience that, um, you know, in ways that they wouldn't have otherwise. As we as we proceed on that journey uh, forward,
1: and and this is probably a 2 pronged question, Anya, or two part or or two sides of this. But when you're talking with clients, um, because we, we talked a little bit about regulators and jurisdictions, um, but also when you're talking to clients, to what extent are you expected, or from from regulators required? to own and operate um, uh, the the, the pieces of of the business, of an exchange, because these are so important to the market, right? Um, And failures are so disruptive to the market. Um, So from a client perspective, how much do they kind of expect from a regulatory perspective? How much is required? Uh, It's a good question. And I think it it varies
2: somewhat depending on the the regulatory regime. Generally, I'll, I'll, I think I can say this: that um, the regulators expect, you know, us to provide the same level of service and be responsible for the delivery of that service, whether it's our data center, a third-party data center, or a cloud provider that's providing it. So, the challenge for us is to make sure that we have the same set of controls, the same visibility, and and uh, all everything end to end with whatever vendor it is that we're working with for these workloads to satisfy our regulators and our customers that their uh service level and their experience is, is uh you know going to be owned by us and is going to meet the you know their standards and on our standards for for uh the reliability and availability of, of the markets
1: okay and then, you know, you talked about how you have a multi-cloud strategy. That seems to be the case with most, especially the largest firms, uh, have gone down that route. Regulators are, you know, as we've been talking throughout this, but, you know, they're they're also really starting to zero in on cloud technology, especially the big cloud providers. Um, you see in Europe, there's a lot of proposals around that be much stricter in the auditing, allowing uh, the users of cloud technology to audit uh, the big cloud providers. Um, and then at the same time, you have this interesting thing where the cloud providers themselves are starting to notice the market, you know, the the, the how useful their technology can be in the capital market. So you have um, uh, your relationship, obviously, uh, with AWS, is one that kind of jumped to mind uh, for the um, for the market exchange. But you have CME and Google's also kind of going down that. I guess my question there is just, how much do you have to be like? These are, this is the the appropriate way to go with the cloud, but there is going to become a future date where there's going to be competition concerns. There's going to be regulatory burdens that are going to come to it. How do you kind of prep? You know that cloud's the future. You're not going to be building the cloud yourself like Bank of America or something like that. How do you kind of prep for that future state? Yeah, that's
2: a great question. I I think what we're doing here, you know, is being, uh, you know, ensuring that we're doing our due diligence so we're you know we're making sure that we have our uh, our bases covered in terms of all the things that we're going to require from a cloud vendor to satisfy you know our needs for for our comfort level as if it were our data center and to meet the needs of our, our technology um and uh i think it's also really important through that process to say well we can't you know we can't create a um a a hard dependency uh, there as well. So we've got to be thinking about you know what's what's the uh, what's the backup plan or what's the disaster recovery plan or how does that factor in? What's what's the v- positioning of different vendors in this whole life cycle of, of trading? And I think it's a it's a complicated question that's um, you know certainly undergoing a lot of discussion. And I think as you you'll see the industry. Evolve in its thinking, and the regulators evolve in their thinking around this. Um, you know, different. Uh, I, I think we'll. Well, I should say. Well, I think we'll see some coalescing around a particular standard. Uh, right now, um, you know, I, I think we're very much of the view that you know we want to make sure our technology can run on different cloud part, uh, platforms. That's part of our you know multi-cloud strategy. Um, but we also want to we want to avoid you know the kind of spray and pray where we have it running everywhere the same thing running everywhere at the lowest common denominator footprint, and and that's really the balance we've got to strike and work through both with our customers, our regulators, and the cloud providers themselves as we as we continue down this path. Yeah,
1: that's as, as you say, it kinda Just it, it's like I always think about. It's like everybody loves Amazon, everybody loves Google. they're so useful so helpful until the day that they go Hmm, that's a business line that we'd really like to get into too and then you're like okay now we have to readjust the whole strategy Um, two more questions for you Uh, looking at uh, cloud data services as well as the uh, the the marketplace services platform um, what are kind of maybe some of those next steps obviously you're not allowed to give away the uh, the secret sauce or the 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 secrets but uh, Maybe what are kind of some of the directional things that you guys are going to be looking to roll out um, over the next six to twelve months?
2: Uh, Yeah, so I think you'll see you'll see an expansion of the data sets we offer through uh, cloud data service. Um, You know, we have quite a a robust collection of data sets there today, and I think we'll see that expand. Uh, We're certainly seeing a lot of customer interest in that offering, and and it's driving adoption um, quite quite heavily. Uh, I think you'll 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 certainly will see other new um, product offerings that game really aimed at making it easier for our customers to consume our services where they are, um, and so you'll you'll see I expect our, our our solutions being available in other clouds. You know, N- NCDS is available in A- AWS today. I believe you'll see that you know available in other cloud providers' in the future. Um, based on, of course, on customer demand and, and where we see that uh, driving us. Um, and then, uh, in, in terms of the marketplace services platform, uh, it, you know, that's really, I think the, you know, from from the other side, I really approach that uh, segment of the market with a SaaS offering. To change the way they engage with us, uh, or the way you know the way we we interact with our customers through a service model. Um, we have done managed service and the in, you know style offerings in the past, but I think the the SaaS platform really enables uh, us to bring this technology that enables marketplaces to a host of new uh, new marketplaces, you know, and new markets, as well as to provide more efficiency. Uh, and uh, uh, effectiveness to uh, you know more traditional marketplaces that are looking to modernize. Um, so I think it really, all of those I think you'll just see accelerate. And I you know I'll, I'll connect this to you know Covid nineteen. I mean and you think about the the trends that you that, that become more clear as we as we live through the pandemic is you know cloud computing is at the center, this idea that we're all distributed. And of course, we're all individuals, but I think that that trend also, I think you can see extend to to businesses as they become more distributed. So you're thinking, I think you're looking to a future that's more uh, more a mesh network than it is a hub and spoke network that has traditionally been. and that also plays into the, the you know this whole transformation and delivery of services where people are and where people are consuming it.
1: And, and I, I completely agree. And, you know, then for my last thing is just, you know, obviously cloud has really kind of shown its worth. Those ha- had made the early moves to the cloud, were able to weather the this disruption um, uh, better than others that really had to kind of be shipping hardware all over the globe, everything like that. Um, but for you guys you know, what's the one lesson learned? What's what's uh, a challenge that, you know, that you were faced that it was a good lesson and be like, all right, we now know what this new normal is or we, <laughs> no one knows what the new normal is, but we definitely learned from this and this is something that we need to improve upon going forward.
2: Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think uh, I'll pick on going back to the, the point I just made. I think the our whole uh, infrastructure and, and uh, the way in which we imagine our customers and our, our employees connecting to us was through central offices or central points of presence or central data centers and um i think what you've seen is there's certainly while well, we've we've done uh, you know and our teams have done an extremely good job in managing through that i think it's also exposed that those bring in challenges of their own uh that you know when, when you need to backhaul all of this traffic through a central point where people aren't even there you know what what's what's the point in that there there's it really doesn't make sense in in the in the new normal, and I think as you see, you know we're obviously struggling, or you know I should say struggling, but working through the challenges of what does this look like? Like we, what does uh, what does our return to work look like in two months or six months yeah. or even next week? Uh, we just we just don't know. So, you know clearly these things are part of our landscape now, and making the adjustments to. Um, you know, again, servicing our, in this case, our employees, making sure that they can support, continue to support our systems as we, um, you know, go through go through this situation with, by the way, unprecedented market volumes that we saw, you know, uh, at sure. the beginning of this um, pandemic. I, I think uh, uh, those all uh, are really, you know, th- things we were prepared for, certainly. Um, but I think if you were to Know this was coming up. If you knew this was coming and you knew this this paradigm shift was happening, you would do it differently. And so I think you'll see us and others shift uh, to that more distributed model. The other thing I'll say is um, just quickly on that, if you don't mind, is that sure. you know we had we've been uh, have been a leader in cloud adoption for some time, and I think that played an important role in, in how well we were able to uh, deal with the volume spikes that we saw in, in uh, early in the. Or late February, or early March of this year, uh, because we had put, uh, you know, the the vast majority of our our data warehousing, our regulatory reporting, and uh, and other uh, related uh, downstream systems uh, into the cloud with a a large scale uh, data warehouse offering, we were able to, you know, deal with the, the huge spikes in volumes and you know over 100 billion messages a day that those systems had to process without incurring uh, you know any challenges in in uh, you know the infrastructure or performance or uh, the ability for us to deliver those so that's really a a testament to to uh, how cloud has helped us and and we see you know a similar story if you look at the at the uh, transaction processing systems uh because of the capacity we need to plan for you know we need to plan ahead we need to be ahead of capacity we need to um, you know, mostly that's fixed capacity that is not used except for an exce- exceptional circumstances. So being able to, you know, take advantage of the uh, elasticity uh, provided by the cloud, I think will only solidify the strength and, and efficiency of the markets through situations like this in the future.
1: Well, am sorry, just, and just to jump on what you're just saying there, you know, because I know that there was issues on the options end of it, right? That there was just a record number of options coming through. It created difficulties with the numbers so is that kind of part of what you're saying there that you know that that's kind of one of those lessons like all right this is what why the cloud is going to be so good because it, it allows that elasticity that when there is that crazy volume you can be able to handle that and then when you have to shrink back down for just normal trading market day you have that exactly that's right so you don't have to um, you don't have to have fixed
2: infrastructure sitting there idle most of the time just waiting for those peak days uh, like we do today. Um, you know, it's good that we have that process and we plan for it because it allows us to handle those those events. But at the same time, it would be more more efficient uh, and more cost-effective for everybody if we were able to to scale up and down our infrastructure to meet demand uh, rather than being fixed. All right. So.
1: Well, Nicola, thanks so much. Uh, this is really informative. I appreciate you taking the time out and chatting with us.
2: Thank you. Nice to talk to you.